Welcome back to Modern Day Disciples. AKA MDD, the podcast where we hear real stories from modern day disciples. My name is Cameron Bernaga. I'm the youth minister at St. Francis of Assisi Parish in San Jose, California. And my name is Ana Fuentes. I'm the youth minister at St. Anthony Parish in San Jose, California. Another week, dude. We back and we back. With a guest this time. <laughs> With a guest. <laughs> we can't we can't wait to introduce her um in a bit. But Yes, it's um, exciting. It's exciting to have a guest again. Um, as you know, we had our Lenten episode last week if you didn't listen to it go check it out we hope you guys enjoyed it it was really awesome being able to hear all our guests again and we got a lot of great feedback that people want to hear more of that um, more which is super rad exactly so so what's been going on in the world kev (laughs) oh a lot's been going on (laughs) in the world my world or like the world the world i feel like um no there's been a lot going on in the world is as you guys know if you've seen the news if you've paid attention to what's going on um but let's let's talk about what's going on in our own lives yeah what's new so actually we we did this my highlight of this week was that we did this really cool activity with our youth ministry this week um our high schoolers and we were basically human piñatas oh (laughs) all your high school or just you so okay so the way it works was we had like these different teams and then like there was one person, actually two people per round, mm-hmm. um, two piñatas. I mean, everyone knows what a piñata yeah, is, Yeah, everyone right? knows what a piñata is. Okay, they're is. filled with candy, but we're human, so we're not filled with candy. And so, instead of being filled with candy, we wore oversized t-shirts and we used duct tape to tape candy to our shirts. <laughs> and so, we literally, like myself and another teen were the piñatas, he's one of my leaders, and we had these oversized, like, 3XL t-shirts, candy taped all over us, and then we wore bike helmets to protect our protect our of heads. Of course, safety first. Safety first, of, of course. course. God first, safety second. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so we were running around our church, and then the people on the teams, the teens on the teams, they had to hit us with pool noodles. And each <laughs> candy that they could pick up was a point. And so they are trying to compete to get the most candy, to get the most points. So did you hang yourself, like, dangling? or <laughs> that would have been hilarious to like just like bungee cord us up to the yeah. the, the beams of the church just hanging down and swinging at us that is so funny. i would have been over really quick <laughs> um no so the object was for us to run away from them so we had the ability mm. to run away and i'm just like it's funny an hour ago we were celebrating mass in the space now it's youth ministry i'm running through the pews running on chairs while they're chasing while you they're, with chas- pool noodles. <laughs> they're chasing me with pool noodles and yo those kids hit hard Dude, they're like like competitive oh competitive they don't hold back they think it's a pool noodle so they don't think it it's hurts gonna, it hurt like, yo like dude that would have been a home run out of the park oh my goodness oh it was it was fun though it was fun it was a good time um i've never been a human piñata and you know youth ministry teaches me mm-hmm. new things each and every week yeah um but it was a good time we had so much candy afterwards though like if you guys what kind of candy did you get we did the bite size like it had like snickers okay. milky way oh you got Twix. good stuff you got you didn't hold back yo it That's, was it was like, tight the, the premium of, chocolate like premium with car- you know yeah. it's premium yeah <laughs> um no it was a really good time um yeah i mean that's what i really love about youth ministry i was talking to a friend about it i was like i literally like as a youth minister i ran around a church and got hit by bull noodles for my job like (laughs) yes we do prayerful experiences and that's yes of course that is part of youth ministry also part of youth ministry is getting hit with pool noodles and you're a human piñata yep it's it's crazy the span of what you have to do as youth minister (laughs) 
it's like in your are, job description <laughs> yeah like how do you how do you describe what a youth minister does this exactly. is this is one of the things that's awesome dude um so how was how was your week uh no my week was really good i think it was it's been a very busy week uh one of the highlights of the week was quorum deo hey yo the, the third one right the third one for our lent season it took place at um queen of apostles that was pretty fun the environment was so sick you Did guys you like it it was the purple lights like yeah. it really set the tone yeah so we did we mixed it up a bit and we we did um stations of the cross this time ending in adoration and quiet adoration and uh, we had some praise and worship going on every now and then but it was just such a prayerful place to be in mm. especially as we began our lent journey our lent season um so that that was a great turnout and Corm Deo is just taking off way more than we imagined it to be. Um, so praise God. That was absolutely amazing. And um, I think what's really cool about the Corm Deos that we've had is that each one has been different than the others. Oh, yeah. And so the mystery of it all, you don't know what you're going to get when you show up. You know an address, you know a time. Mm -hmm. And that's really, really cool. And you know what's actually a cool story is that at the event, I saw one of my former teens. She goes to Berkeley and she's involved in the Newman oh. Center. And she originally heard about Quorum Deo on this podcast. What's her name? Twee. Twee. Twee Nguyen. Oh, yeah, that's right. I, I saw her that night. Twee and all her friends, they, they drove down. They drove down from, from Berkeley. Berkeley for the Quorum Deo. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah, seriously, thank you. And it's awesome. It's awesome to see the reach um, a ministry can have when people share it with others. Definitely. Most definitely. Like the gospel itself should be shared, period. Amen. So, yeah, Quorum Deo was definitely a highlight. Um, I also got a really, I don't, I don't know if you've ever gotten this, but do you know when a set, like a former, former youth or a former leader comes to visit you randomly? Ooh, it's just, that's it's, the best. it made my day. And so on Tuesday, one of my former, um, leaders that I led beside, um, I hadn't spoken with her since maybe 2015. Oh man. Um, and so it's been a while, but I got a phone call from the front and saying, Hey, you have a visitor today. And I'm like, Oh, yeah, oh, you want to visit me. <laughs> right. And so they, um, it was just a really pleasant surprise. We caught up, um, and yeah, it just really made my week. I think that 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 moment really made my week. That's awesome. That's awesome, yeah. dude. Um, shall we just jump into this episode? I can't wait to. Do you want to pray? Yeah, I would love to pray. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the source of all that is good, beautiful, and true. Thank you, Lord, so much for this beautiful week that we've had. Thank you so much, Lord, for the gift of life and for helping us enter into this season of Lent. We ask the Lord to keep walking beside us as we journey to your resurrection. We pray, Lord, for all those suffering in the world, whether it's for natural disasters such as in Nashville or for those affected by the coronavirus. We ask you, Lord, to be with the patients, their families, and all the medical professionals helping and working so hard to, to find a cure for, for this virus. Um, be with us, Lord. Grant us health all in mind, body, and soul. We ask you, Lord, to bless our guest this week, that through her testimony we may be able to encounter you. We love you, Lord. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. From the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Roll that intro. And we're back with episode eight. 
episode eight, you guys, we're like a significant way through this season. It is almost, it's almost the end. How it's many almost the end eight, of the season. Nine, 11, 12, like After four this, more? we'll have three episodes. Three episodes, that's right. Four episodes. I'm bad at math. So after this, we'll have four episodes. Yes. Whoa. <laughs> that's crazy. I'm so sorry, guys. I... My dad always got mad at me for saying that I'm bad at math because he's like, you're not bad at math. You just need to try harder. <laughs> he was a math teacher before he was a high school counselor. I didn't know that. Yeah. And so I, uh, I struggled in math. I mean, I, I struggled in math, but like I was, this is just, I should stop. We're talking. really excited for our guest this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's get into it. I'm sorry. Tangents, tangents. Um, we're very excited for our guest this week. We have a, a very special sister in Christ with a very us. Very special sister in Christ, um, a dear friend of ours. Um, I will say, I don't remember the exact moment when I met our guest, mm -hmm. but I remember when I first got started in this diocese, um, she was always in the chancery. And she always, the, the moments I do remember with her upon first meeting her, um, she was also, she was always, pardon she was always very welcoming and very intentional about being welcoming mm. um i remember my first dyr um 2017 not very many people um went out of their way to be welcoming not that like they were necessarily not welcoming but there was something about the intentionality of this person mm. that i really respected and admired and felt supported and encouraged by no i totally agree with with everything how you described her it's just i remember my first time meeting her was actually on a bus going okay. to tahoe retreat i think it was in 2015 and it was my first tahoe retreat back when before before it was it was they moved the retreat to santa cruz but this was the first time it was actually back on location in lake tahoe and so i met her um, because we were sitting kind of next to each other on the bus but not next to each other um she was sitting with somebody else kind of in the same row okay and i was in the different row and um i vaguely remember why i think somebody introduced us um i vaguely remember it but um but you're completely right one of the kindest most sweetest compassionate people that i've ever met and the best person in regards to hospitality and making you feel mm. welcome wherever you are um so i can't wait to dive into her story yes she's a, a dear a dear friend of ours and shall we shall we introduce let's her let's get to it Without further ado, we, we have, have Annie Bowie. Hi, friends. Yo! <laughs> Hi, Annie. It's so good to have you on the pod. You guys give me too much credit. Like, way too much credit. Okay, like, not enough credit, but like, okay, go sure, off. Sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, to clarify, actually, I met you, Anna, at, at um, Chili's. A Chili's. At Chili's after. <gasps> yes, after the welcoming and commissioning. Yes. Oh my gosh. That, so that was fall when I. That when was a few months started. after I first started. I just remember you walked in with, I think Andrew Brown must have been Andrew, but you were like, hey guys, I'm new. And then you just sat down. And Dude, I was so nervous. Here I was in a, this room full of youth ministers, and I just, I remember feeling really out of place. Mm like i it's so funny to think about the community i have now and people ask me about that like oh like when did you meet this person i was like a lot of my friends my current ministry friends i met some less than a year ago yeah and it's like i haven't really been i haven't felt part of this community um for very long even though this is my fourth year in youth ministry in this diocese and so 
that's why I think it meant so much that you were so welcoming and intentional mm-hmm. because it didn't feel like everyone was. And wow. it, evangelizing at Chili's. <laughs> <laughs> I want my baby back, baby. Back, baby back. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, that's all I thought about when you said well, Chili's. It wasn't, I remember it wasn't just me. I know a lot of, like even Robbie, I know he was like, Annie, I don't, I don't think I've ever met her before. And so he was, you know, he kind of just nudged and was like, we should talk to her. And I was like, yeah, totally. Oh, gosh, that makes me feel so weird. <laughs> no, because like you, you never know what other people are thinking in that moment. Um, or like when you look back at interactions, you had no idea what was what was going on in their heads. Yeah, Very true. Um, yeah. But no, we're excited to have you on the podcast. So to give you guys a little intro about who Annie is, um, she currently is a coordinator of community engagement at Holy Spirit Parish. She's been there for about two years now. I'm starting Correct? my second year. Starting yeah. your second year. Mm-hmm. And she, previously, she was the admin for Office of Liturgy and Youth and Young Adult in the Chancery at the Diocese of San Jose for three years. Wow. So Annie has, has been in this diocese for a minute now, uh, but she's not originally from here. So mm-hmm. Annie, where are you originally from? I'm from Torrance, which is about half an hour away from LAX. Okay. Um, south. Southern California. So, yeah. I, that's the only time I'm ever going to rep it. But like Southern California. <laughs> LA though. LA though. <laughs> I like how Annie, no, you know she listened to the episode because she's also like she's LA though. <laughs> that's a true fan right there. <laughs> oh, you know. Uh, it's just occasional. <laughs> oh, I'm so offended. And that's it. <laughs> Yo, I love that joke. <laughs> um, okay, so Torrance. Mm-hmm. Uh, you grew up in Torrance. Yeah, and well, then... I, I came here to the U.S. when I was seven. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, so English. I did not know a single word of English. And so really? I flunked second grade. Oh, my goodness. And went back to first. And my teacher was, I think, one of the first models I had as to like what it meant to be hospitable to somebody. Wow. Like she spent a good 30 minutes every single day after school to teach me English. Whoa. And she was like, our goal is to catch you up. You you've got you've got the the brains. And like let's 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 get you caught up. She and really so, believed in you. That's amazing. Yeah. It's also amazing so, how that affected literally who you, who you are, are and today. Who you've been to everyone yeah. you've encountered since. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Do you remember mm-hmm. the teacher's name? Yes. Mrs. Fong. Laura Mrs. Fong. Laura Fong. Wow. Do you think she knows how big of an impact she's made in your life? I don't think so. I, I remember the last day of school, my mom said, well, if she was that, that, what's the word? Pivotal? Pivotal, in, pivotal. in your yeah. in your journey. Mm-hmm. Let's get her something like mm. a bouquet of flowers, you know. So we brought her a box of chocolate and, and a bouquet of flowers. And she, I remember she so was sweet. crying. And so, yeah, she Aww. was a great teacher. Don't Aww. tear up. So, I'm fine. <laughs> so you were born in Vietnam, mm-hmm. I'm assuming, and then so you yeah. came here when you were seven. Yeah. How was that transition? It was rough. I mean, I mean, I was excited for it because I've never met my mom's side of the family before, mm. and I think that really jump started my faith life mm. because when I was um, right before we moved, my grandpa had reached out to. A fellow priest and mm-hmm. and ask him well would you be able to have my grandchildren go through like 
the other right so we were baptized already okay um but at the time i was i guess six and a half and you say may like can they go through their first eucharist and and confirmation yeah um because they're they're going through a big transition and i like for them to have the full grace of god before they go before you before go. We so leave, this was yeah. all in vietnam yeah wow. so, so your grandpa played was the kind of that faith holder in the family. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And so I didn't find that out until after like a really random heart to heart with him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was like, yeah, I just, I know you guys were going through a lot and we'll be, we'll continue to go through a lot. And our family has gone through a lot as Catholics in a communist country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. He, he was pretty much, you know, arrested and, because he was involved politically, but at the same time he was Catholic, mm. and so that kind of put a target on his back. Yeah. Right? So, so that that was it was hard to hear about the history of that. Wow, that's crazy. Do you do you remember going through those sacraments before moving here? I do. I was I was that kid that was really proud of like, oh, I know this. Like in oh. class, in, in, in CCD class, I was like, oh, mm. I got the answer to that. And I like, know it, me, 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 me. <laughs> <laughs> Was that an, like even my best friend was like Annie? You were that annoying kid in class that we were just like, ah, oh, she has to outdo everybody. Oh, I'm so like, I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh my I just God. knew all the answers. I'm sorry, but I'm I was smart. like, <laughs> it was like because my parents worked so hard to provide for us yeah. that we were kind of on our own, right? Like they they trusted us to take care of one another, my sisters mm. and I, to take care of one another, and um, so I was like, you know, sitting in the corner of the house with with like learning my 10 commandments i can barely read but i'm gonna do it Mm -hmm. you know oh my gosh where did that motivation come from to be so dedicated to to the faith at such a young age i think just hearing a lot about the history of our family um as catholics being um what's the right word to use here maybe i mean i feel like prosecuted is a very strong word but maybe is that i mean yeah also mm -hmm. in a communist country pretty much prosecuted yeah because my my great uncle was how like under house arrest and when he was allowed to leave the country to visit his mom um he wasn't allowed back into the country and so that's when he left and stayed in rome and yeah wow so it was there's from that too though there's there's a lot of expectations Mm -hmm. unsaid expectations in the family for us to continue our faith journey um and so my grandpa was a huge part of that and so growing up like my sisters were old enough to join the youth group and you know every saturday we're just like oh they're dressing up in the uniforms they're leaving and i'm sitting at home Mm -hmm. i don't get to do anything and so my grandpa would like well what do you want to know what do you want to learn you know so so he was, without even really knowing it, he was he was trying to catechize me, wow. and and that that idea of domestic church is so strong with him. Wow, it's amazing. Yeah, so there's there's this. Um, I didn't want to fail him, like yeah. I don't want to disappoint him, yeah. and so I, you know, in my head, I was like, I've got to become a leader. I've got to. At what age did you feel this? With this this kind of call to to be a leader or to do more in the faith? So that's a good question because um, up to a certain point, 
right? Where we were like, oh, we know everything. We don't need this. And so my sisters and I would ditch pretty Ooh. often. We'd, we'd leave and then... This was still in Vietnam? No, this was here. here. Oh, it was okay. here. And like by the time we hit our like 13, 14 age, mm. you know, age range. We, um, there's a mall right down the street from the church. Oh. <laughs> so we were those kids who like disappeared for a good, you know, we got dropped off, checked in and we're like, oh, the gate's open. And, you know, it's make like, a run for it. It's like being at St. Martin of Tours and having, having Valley Fair right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's like get food and sometimes mm. watch a movie. It's like, oh, we're going to be late. Let's get back because our CCE teacher was like really strict. So, oh. What parish did you go to in L.A.? I'm not going to give that away. <laughs> um, it was St. Catherine of Library. Oh. Oh. So our house was across the street from the church. And so there was, there's no excuse. Like every Saturday, if you're not there, like my parents would know. Wow. That's <laughs> intense. Okay. So you had this kind of family life that was that was gearing you towards being a part of the church but then you got to the point where you're like uh it's kind of mm -hmm. more fun to go to the mall yeah what shifted or, or like where where did you feel was there like a pivotal moment where you're like my relationship with jesus christ means more than just my family encouraging me to go to church so around that time when i was i was like um a sophomore in high school mm -hmm. um at that point I've I've started kind of secretly dating someone, right? Like, <laughs> my, yeah. <laughs> and so it was. It, it at that point, it was it was like I can see a lot of hurt in this person, and I yeah. I felt this obligation to to keep this person motivated and keep living, mm -hmm. right? Even though that love wasn't there, so so there was there, there was a lot of guilt in in that relationship. And to the point of like, if I if I break up with this person, he's gonna kill himself, yeah. right? And so I there had, was that had kind of a sense of responsibility, mm -hmm. not only to be with this person but also for this person's life. Yeah, but but looking back at it, that's probably not true at all, yeah. right? Exactly. Um, mm -hmm. And so it was. I got to the point where he was like, "No, like let's like, we have to spend time together because school and there's no." quality time outside of school and so i you know ended up not going to church and we hung out with our friends and at some point i just said this is ridiculous like i feel like there's a part of me that's missing mm -hmm. and i don't know what it is and i think it just needs to start with going back to the youth group wow and that year was um i remember we were going through a really big transition and one of our leaders was like hey some of our leaders are leaving I believe in you. Like, I see something in you. Like, would you consider going on this leadership development retreat? Yeah. And so every year they'd have something, like, on Thanksgiving weekend. So I just remember, like, that, that weekend had Thanksgiving dinner with my family. I was like, okay, I got to go. Mm. And um, I was kind of fighting it a little bit. But on that retreat, I um, had a really interesting experience. We were... Um, after one of our lunch, we had a talk from mm -hmm. one of the leaders, spaced out, like space cadet. I'm like, yeah. I don't remember what he said. But it was like, okay, well, we're going to do this activity together. And so we were blindfolded. We were sitting together. We started out in adoration. 
one by one were being pulled outside. Oh, and wow. as soon as we you didn't know what was going on because you spaced out. No, I don't think he even explained to us what oh. was going to happen. He was like, "We're going to experience, um, you know, something. like God's love or something along that line." And so everyone was like, "I love the mystery." Okay, Ted, let's do that to our teens. <laughs> That's awesome. Blindfold them, take them outside. This so, sounds really. So all of <laughs> you're going to experience God's <laughs> love. <laughs> yeah. So all of our leaders were, you know, it was a live play of Station of the Cross, pretty much. We were blindfolded and we were You're fine. we were blindfolded and and um they acted as like soldiers and the people who were um like I I can hear I remember hearing people like crucify him and while you're like, blindfolded. While I was blindfolded. And you're just walking. And they we were walking and at Whoa. some point they were pushing me and they were like and then I had a leader was like, You're about to fall, okay? And so they would like push me, but it was a mattress. So at first oh. it was like terrified. I was like, I'm I'm being pushed, I'm gonna fall. So was it supposed to be you as Jesus? Mm hmm. And there, and you don't see anything. You just oh, hear. I don't see so it's like you're walking your, the way to the cross, but just hearing everything going yeah. on. Yeah, and mean, so oh my gosh, it's like it's it reminds me a little bit of Ignatian spirituality, where you're supposed to like place yourself in the scripture, mm -hmm. but to an extreme, to physically and literally place yourself in the scripture. So Jesus falls for the first time. They'll push you onto a mattress. Yeah, but then I didn't know that, right? And I was just like, oh, these guys are crazy. But they were just like, don't worry. We thought this through. We wouldn't hurt you. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Right? And so, and there was always that one person, that voice that was just like, you're going to be okay. Right. And so that um, was explained to us. That was, that was God the Father and the Holy Spirit with the journey with Jesus, so you had to turn you know, with Jesus. Through this, saying you're going to be okay. You're going to be okay. This you're, is the plan. Mm -hmm. wow. Oh my gosh. You know, I've never thought of that. That's amazing to me. And I might utilize <laughs> it's, that. It's, it's, in the it's near like, future. like as I'm talking to you guys, I'm like unpacking it to a whole new level. It's, it's crazy. That's amazing. Um, obviously Jesus, Jesus Christ was assured by the father he knew that this was the plan that his father had for him and he knew he had to fulfill this prophecy but mm -hmm. in the middle of it it was still hard he still fell he still had to carry his cross and i think we forget that sometimes we forget the pain that he endured and we also oftentimes don't think of god the father whispering in his ear the holy spirit whispering in his ear being like you're gonna be okay you'll be fine yeah, yeah. like this is this trust is in me that's amazing but that's a good tie-in to to what was completely um took that broke me down mm. i at one point they um laid us down they were like okay we're nailing you to the cross and i was like uh, what? and so not physically but like so there was there for was those like that a, can't see i look really distressed right now <laughs> and so you know like had my hands out and and they used something like along the line of like like it's not too sharp yeah but something too but i remember it. it was like on here and then they like gently she, tapped it she's uh pointing at her wrist guys for those Sorry. that can't see <laughs> <laughs> yeah so which is all of you and then <laughs> And for those who can't see our podcast and they were hammering like directly onto the cross itself to make that sound right of of someone being nailed to the cross and i remember i'm getting like goosebumps this, this leader missed and and actually accidentally like 
like hit my hand and I was like, ow. And I was like, oh my God, I, I'm a wuss. I like, I'm, I'm complaining. I'm hurting over something like this when Jesus like actually had it, had, had it pierced pierced. through his, his hands and feet. And I felt so unworthy. Mm. And I remember out of walking, walking away from like being held by someone who was, you know, acting as Mary is like, remember that you are loved, right? Our God died for us on this cross and it it was powerful. And we were led back into adoration. And there, I remember I went through three boxes of tissues. (laughs) You were just like that whole experience kind of just. And I just remember feeling this warm embrace and I looked up and no one was hugging me and I was not freaking out that's dude dude okay i'm freaking out i had the same experience in adoration did you yeah where i felt the embrace but no one like no one was hugging me i i I remember looking up open i opened my eyes and i was like what is this and it wasn't from like it was not just radiating from radiating from the inside but it was also like i felt like externally externally i was just i was like it's hot it's warm but i'm not sweating you know encompassed by his love that's amazing and i just yeah i just thought you know what i'm gonna just enjoy this i i felt calm and i felt you're not gonna not gonna question it not gonna doubt you're just gonna surrender to it Mm mm-hmm Oh my gosh. So after that retreat, I was like, I'm all in. What do you need me to do? I'm all in. You got me convinced. That's That's, amazing. That's wild. The the reason Kevin looked at me during when you said that you were embraced, um, when we share our stories on our first episode, um, it was actually my friend Carmen who embraced me. But it was Carmen, but it wasn't her. Like It was my friend Carmen, and yes, she embraced me. It was at a Steubenville Youth Conference. Does she remember? no she doesn't that's the part and i was like why'd you hug me and she was like i didn't and i was like okay but you did and she was like yeah but i didn't and it was this kind of mystery where it was yes it was her but it really wasn't and i have never felt so loved by god the father Mm. than in that moment and it changed my life that was my moment that was my moment where i was like i'm surrendering to this completely like i can't I can do no other than dedicate my life to Christ. And it changed everything. It's the reason I became a youth minister. It's the reason I do what I do today. Yeah. Like when you experience God's love, you can't do anything else other than surrender to it. Like you can try to run away. He's going to chase you. (laughs) Like like, like the prodigal son, he's going to chase after you time and time again. Like the one sheep, he's going to go after the one. Yeah. And... It's amazing. It's amazing to hear your encounter story and hear that it changed everything for you. You're exactly right. What you just reminded me of was that I was taught by a brother in Christ that that once you are in the presence of our Lord, like and he and you encounter our Lord, you will never forget it. Like that's a mark like in your life. Mm-hmm. And that's why in scripture, um, whenever whenever, for example, in the Gospel of John, when Jesus when they say like um, when Jesus encountered his his apostles, they'll say like a time. It was four in the afternoon. Yeah. And Jesus blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like why 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 do you think they put that that time in there? Like wh- why right. is that important? And it's because whenever somebody encounters our Lord, that time like is just so it's forever marked. Exactly. Only. That's me. Wow. I can probably tell you is like 
the exact date and time, but I'm going to keep it to myself because yeah, it's, no, it's, that's, it's something that's, that's like so personal. It definitely um, is. But I remember coming back from that retreat like on fire and I like, I, we used to, my grandpa would pull us into his, his, his bedroom with my grandma and pray the rosary together after mm-hmm. school, even before we go to school. It was like, I don't care if you're late. We're going to spend a minute in prayer together. Let's start the day out right. You know? Amen. And so, and even before meals, like we have to pray together at nine o'clock exactly every night. We're going to pray together as a family. And so it's, and then I remember when I ended up moving here to pursue occupational therapy, Mm -hmm. um, it was hard. Okay. You also said that as if we knew that. I had no idea. That's why you came up here. <laughs> I, well, part of it, I came up to escape this really toxic relationship. Mm. Um, and at the same time, I felt moved to this occupation because my cousin introduced me to um, to this article and I read it and, I was, and she was like, dude, that's you. This is, this is, I can't stop thinking that this is what you were meant to do what about it kind of attracted you so my cousin introduced me to this article and this occupational therapist um talked about her experience working with children with disabilities Mm -hmm. and learning disabilities Mm -hmm. and through just the simplest actions and and she's she was talking about like seeing the how they progress and and that summer i remember i signed up to work with a nonprofit organization to shadow an occupational therapist. And and I was like, I knew that was it. I wanted to go into this occupation. Wow. Um, and so my struggle with my faith then started after I had an encounter. So I jumped right into ministry when I moved to San Jose, right? Like I first met um, Carlos and he was like, hey, I know you were like crazy involved with ministry. Are you interested in in starting up ministry? Like Car- my son, Carlos Barba. Carlos Barba. Did you meet him at um, at the Newman Center at San Jose State? So I was wow. looking for a community. I was looking for a mass, mm-hmm. and I thought, well, there's this interesting looking building across the street. I was living in out. the dorms at the time. I'm gonna go check it out. Yeah. So this was when? What year was this? This was 2011. Okay. And so. Um, yeah, Carlos invited me, introduced me to his sister, Mariana. And for those of you who don't know, uh, Carlos Barber is a youth minister at in the Diocese of San Jose. He attends uh, St. He serves at St. Mary's yeah. uh, Parish. In and at the time, we were he was involved with Sacred Heart mm. on Willow Street in downtown San Jose. Yeah, and so he and, and his sister um, were highly involved in this youth group, and it was like every Sunday morning. I think it was like ten thirty. But still, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm late <laughs> down the street, but I'm so late. <laughs> okay, 1030 is early when you're, you know, in college. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Um, so it was it was a really great time. And my first involvement with the diocese was when Mariana asked me if I could if I could make posters and and banners for the for for the diocesan youth retreat. And I remember her coming back from that retreat it's like Annie. The banner were so heavy, it broke a chalice. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> Wait, it broke a chalice? It was it was the one at uh, Mount Hermon. Oh, okay. Yeah. That was- <laughs> catching, catching fire. Catching fire. Yeah. 
But you didn't attend. You but just I helped didn't with attend. the... No. So yeah. I, I felt obligated to go back because my grandpa was really sick around that time. Mm. So you went back home. I went back home. Okay. So. Wow. It's... And yeah, so from there, it just jumped right into ministry and it was just what felt right. Um, but I had an encounter with an individual at the Newman Center that made me, um, that made me question a lot of the wounds that I experienced in my youth and it mm -hmm. was never healed. And so all of that just came unpacking all at once. I remember I had to drop out of school that semester because I was so afraid. I had night class almost every night. And I was so afraid. I was like, I can't go out there. It's it's dark. It's it sounds silly now, mm -hmm. but then in it, that moment, it of, doesn't sound silly, by the way. And it's just it was like I was spiraling into this dark place where yeah. I just felt so insecure, felt so unsafe, and um, I went to a few, you know, counseling sessions and mm -hmm. saw psychologists, and it was just. I felt like every session was just not helpful to me. Okay. And so eventually, um, you know, I thought, well, I'm just going to continue doing what I am. Um, keep coming to Newman Center, see people, hang out mm -hmm. with people. And I asked friends, like, would you mind walking me back to my dorms late at night? Because, you know, we're college students. We yeah. stay out late. Yeah. Um, and around that time was when I met John, too. John Kellett. John Kellett. John Kellett. Okay. I didn't he know you guys knew each other. He sounds familiar. I... <laughs> <laughs> um, so from, from Newman, how, how did you start getting more involved with like the greater diocese? Like eventually you got a role in the diocese. Well, I actually, after graduation, um, I moved back home oh, really? to take care of my grandma. Around that same time was when my grandpa passed away. So I mm -hmm. felt like my world was falling apart. I yeah. felt like that that strong figure figure especially a spiritual figure in our family is mm -hmm. is gone like in a lot of ways kind of your compass in the faith yeah and so i felt like i was even up until now you know more recently um i felt like this it's a constant desert it's a constant search for to to try to renew my faith life somehow and um and there are days where, like, I would just cry. I was just like, people hear God's voice, but I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever heard God's voice after after my grandpa passed. And it's just like praying the rosary was so hard for me. And yeah. even though John kept, like, inviting me, it's like, well, we're driving home. That's 30 minutes. Like, would you like to... Um, like he'll call me in the car because from like downtown to where I lived, it was like 30 minutes and he lived in Morgan Hills. Like, well, let's, let's just pray. Let's just pray together. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't even finish the rosary and I would get upset with John about it. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you invite me to pray the rosary when you know it hurts so much? And so it, it didn't only affect my own personal faith life. It affected the people who cared about me. Wow. Right? Um, and yeah, and just my whole family, my grandpa was the only one that I could really talk openly about my faith to. Mm. Do, so, you, do you feel like, I mean, similarly, um, when my grandma, my mother's mom passed away, um, I don't know if we've ever talked about this. I'm going to try not to get emotional, but my, my sophomore year is when she passed away and she was my everything. And I actually had to take- Wait, uh, sophomore year in college? college? Dude. Same as you. 
Annie, this is <laughs> this is this is blowing my mind right now. Um, but it was my sophomore year in college, and I actually had to take a quarter off. I had to take a quarter off school because the the grief was too much. I remember trying to go back to school. She passed away on Christmas Day, and I I don't want to I don't want to go into too much detail. Um, but there's a lot of I saw God in work in that a lot, which is strange. Uh, her name was Belen, um, which means Bethlehem in English. Wow. Christmas Day, come on, God. That's Are you serious? Crazy. And what's also amazing and beautiful was that um, she passed away Christmas morning, 6.43 a.m. And I was I was in the room with her. And Christmas Eve was the day of the year when all of my mom's family gets together. So everyone was able to say goodbye. And was wow. there. Wow. Yeah. And so I remember coming back to school and like that grief, I mean, it wrecks you and it doesn't just wreck you. Oh, like, oh, th- th- with time, you'll, you'll, you'll start to heal. You start to get over it. And it's not that easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, how did you reconcile that? Are you still reconciling that? Sometimes I feel like I haven't fully reconciled with that. Um, not that I blame God for taking him. Right. I think there's. There's a time and a place and there's a reason to why we go when we go. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's more of like the what ifs. Like what ifs? There, like there's so much more I want to share. There's so much more I want to talk, to talk about. To them about. Right. And yeah, it, it, it for a while it felt like it's unfair. Mm-hmm. And, and now the reality of it is like, you know, every day after that I hear my grandma saying, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. That's so hard. And it's it's really hard to hear, right? Um, and it's been six years since he's passed. But I think we're we're starting to to go uphill at this point. Mm. Um, but then now we're we're seeing my grandma. Mm. You know, her health is slowly deteriorating, and and it's hard to not think back about my grandpa seeing how he the struggle that he went through even in on his deathbed he was saying god take this pain away from me and and he even said he was like you know delusional at that point he was like oh i hear dogs barking um grab the bread grab the bread just put it under my back let it soak up all the pain and toss it out to the dogs and make them go away let them take my pain away oh man and then and then, you know, there will be moments where he's like, I don't know what I'm saying. The suffering is, is, is for Christ. It's for God. And, and like, you know, like, I, I'm just like, what are you saying, Grandpa? Like, mm-hmm. you're, you're being silly. How did, your, how did your grandpa inspire your faith life? I mean, I, I know from the very beginning, he was the one that encourage you guys to go through the sacraments knowing that you would need the graces of God to go through the transition that you did. How has, how did he have an impact on your faith life then and and now? Just seeing how faithful he is or was, um, was all that I needed to, to encourage me to keep pursuing Christ. Right. Um, even through like the darkest moments of my life or even when I feel like Christ isn't with me. Um, I I see it as the desert, right? He talks because my grandpa talked about like, we all go through this desert and there's, 
there's not really a definite time amount of time where when we know we're going to get out of it right like and and so he introduced me to a lot of saints who went through that dryness like mm-hmm. saint like saint teresa mm-hmm. and then mother teresa mm. oh i mean absolutely i think you and i have talked about this where yeah. Um. She didn't feel God's presence for years, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yet, yeah. I. <sighs> and there's something about that that moment that purifies your your faith journey, right? And so I, it's it's just I just keep hearing that resounding in my mind, in my head. I was like, just keep going, just keep going. And so, actually, when I while taking care of my grandma, she said, what are you still doing here? I was like, well, I graduated. And so I think there's there's a little bit of time where I can spend time with you, right? Mm. And so she was like, your grandpa wouldn't want you to be here. It's like your life and all your connections are in San Jose. Why are you still here? Wow. And so it's like, so are you kicking me out? And she was like, no. Just know that we're always here for you and you have our blessings to go and pursue whatever you need to do. Wow. And so that's when, you know, I reached back out to John and I was like, I think I'm going to figure out a way to make it back to San Jose. And this is where the faith community here really um, stepped up for me. Like John's mom got in contact with Beth and Deepu and said, would you guys be able to, you know, help Annie for a little while until she gets back up on her feet? And so I remember getting an email from Beth Kochuparumbo and Deepu mm-hmm. um, saying that, hey, two options for you. My parents' house, extra bedroom, um, as long as you don't mind loud Indian music playing in the morning <laughs> and the house smelling like delicious food all the time. Then, you know, like at this at this price rate, they can like help you like have a place to stay yeah. or... We're, we're expanding our family. We have a spare bedroom for now. If you're happy, like if you're okay with kids running around crying, yelling, laughing, and, mm-hmm. and you know, like we'll, we'll need help babysitting here and there and, and help us. Like if you can help us, that'd be great. And pretty much I lived there for, gosh, I don't know, three years. With wow. Anson, Morgan Hill. Morgan Hill. And during that time, um, I was still kind of driving up to the Newman Center, doing babysitting stuff, and mm-hmm. then, and then this job position opened up at the Chancery office, and so I went in and interviewed for it. After a few people, I was like Annie, just do it, because I was miserable working as like a babysitter and mm-hmm. working in a pre-K school, which. I got sick like literally every single week. As soon as I started feeling better, I got sick again. It was just oh like goodness. I'm I'm tired of this. Like I don't want to do this, mm. you know. And so, and so John was like, "Well, what do you want to do?" I was like, "I miss doing ministry." And he was uh-huh. like, "Okay, so why aren't you applying for this job?" <laughs> Were you nervous going into that job? I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't because I thought I was excited. Definitely excited about going in for that interview because I thought, well, maybe this is. God's way of calling me back into ministry. That's amazing. How many how many times like how many things opened up for you? How many opportunities opened up for you? Place, yeah. ev- it's like everything just worked out. Yeah. So I remember In God's timing, yeah. Yeah, working at the Chancery office, I learned so much about our faith and 
and even you know, I had I had a team that was willing to support me through this dark time. I was like, I feel like it's wrong for me to be working for the church in a time like this where I don't even feel God presence. Mm-hmm. And, you know, working with Steve, Steve Doe, Mary, Gendeza and Robbie, it was it was life changing for me. How so? How did how did working with them change your faith life or, or change your life, period? They were very intentional about starting our team meetings and prayers and checking in like what you guys are doing with this podcast. Like what are your highlights from the week? And like, what are some things that you need prayers for? Mm-hmm. Right. And so from that, we've developed this bond in not just ministry, but also on a personal level where we're supporting each other and praying for each other. Mm-hmm. It's been such a joy hearing how your faith has really been the core of your entire life the entire time, even when you felt distant from God. And I want to just affirm you in that, that even when you felt distant from God, you were still doing everything within your power to follow his will. Definitely. It doesn't feel like it, but, but I I appreciate the affirmation. Of course. No, I think anyone listening to your story and listening to everything that you've shared could attest to that, that even when you felt distant from God, you were right there close to him. Well, even even when I so graduated after graduating, I was like, I'm I'm ready to to keep going with. Well, this was before I graduated. I I had a concussion, which mm-hmm. threw me off course. Uh, my speech was affected, and ability to study and process information completely changed. Mm-hmm. And I think um, out of that experience, it was like, what is it that God really wants from me? And since then, it's been just ministry work. Wow. And I think I have to um, thank Kevin um, because what? you encouraged John to go out to Notre Dame or take a trip out to Notre Dame. Yeah. And on that campus was where I felt so much peace. And I think I told I, I told you about the last time we had tacos together, Anna. And I was like, there is this tremendous peace that came over me. Like, there w- like even the moment of silence translated for me that it meant that this is the calm. This is, this is, there's nothing wrong with not hearing God and not hearing anything. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's a moment of peace. Mm. And for me that had translated to my, this whole journey of just going through the desert or just going through this dryness period of like, it's this is there's I need to find the consolation in that quiet. Amen. Well, I, I just I affirm you and I affirm what Anna said. Just it seems like your faith has just carried you through throughout your whole life ever since you were a child, um, whether you knew it or not, or whether how strong it was or not. And I think it's it's like I was saying earlier. It's opened many doors for you and opened many relationships of people that that not even just care about you but love you through and through. Um, including us ourselves here and um, absolutely that's just it's your whole faith journey has just been so inspiring and amazing to hear and to listen to because I, I had no idea it's still going it's still going it's still, it's going, still going, as, going as our lives keep going so then you were at the you're at the chancery for about three years mm-hmm. and then you migrated over to to holy spirit how was that transition it was um it was a tough transition mm-hmm. especially leaving a team like that yeah, right of course. not that not that i don't have it here but 
it started with Robbie and I once in a while looking at each other. It's like, we're stuck in this cubicle. Mm. <laughs> we miss doing ministry. Just miss, like you said, seeing yeah. a teen randomly walk in and visit you in the office. Really being and, in the field and yeah. just working in the, yeah, working in the field. Yeah. And I remember I would like, Deepu was like, hey, I need help on this retreat. And I was like, I'm there. <laughs> So what, how is, in, in, in terms of your responsibilities, like the, is the work at Holy Spirit, do, do you find it more fulfilling being the faith, the community engagement court or director of community engagement? I forgot the official it's position. community engagement coordinator. Was that I, it? Yeah. I meet so many wonderful people mm. in that parish. It's, it's such a huge blessing and it's challenged me to get out of my shell. I'm definitely the, um, I need to get back into my bubble after a big or even a social event. It's just like, I need to recharge. need to decompress. I need reset. to decompress. I can't, I'm not going to talk to anybody. But yeah, so it's been a blessing, but it's been a challenge too. So getting involved in, in not only diocesan work, but now parish level work, um, you formed so many communities and many, many relationships. So what does this faith community in San Jose, um, having this faith community in San Jose, what does that mean to you? Yeah, like you've encountered so many individuals and have really built a community here. Um, what does is, what is this community in, in the DSJ mean to you? I, it, it means so much to mm. me. I can't imagine going, going through everything that I've shared not here. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know where I would have been if it wasn't here. Yeah. It's so rad, and I can really relate to that about how uh, a diocese that maybe wasn't yours growing up can feel so like home. Like, it almost scares me how much this diocese feels like home. Yeah. Like, it really does. When you leave I, this diocese to somewhere else, you're like, it's totally different. You're like, yeah, oh. Yeah. There's something special about That's why when my parents yeah. were like, so are you getting married here or are you getting married back home? Well, I was like, here's home. <laughs> I'm getting married here. <laughs> So speaking of marriage and vocation, I'm speaking, speaking, speaking of, um, what is his name again? Uh, Miss uh, Keller. Keller something. John. Kelly. John. Kelly. <laughs> He's going to kill me. <laughs> John um, Kellett. We heard you were recently engaged, of course. Congratulations. Um, congrats, of course. Um, how was the discernment process in in becoming engaged and becoming um, a fiance and, and finding fiance. your partner for life. <laughs> fiance. Um, it's, I think we, when we started dating, we, we, we began with a mindset of like, this is, this is something that we're serious about. Mm. Could this potentially lead to marriage? Right. Because it's, it's hard for me. It's hard to just give my heart away to, to people just anyone just yeah. anyone um and so to it was it was a huge affirmation knowing that we could do long distance relationship before we even started dating i looked at him and said there's a huge chance that i'm leaving here to go home and take care of grandma or just to make sure i spend quality time with her yeah. because mm -hmm. after losing my grandpa i don't want to have any regrets about yeah. not being there for her times or, yeah like especially when if i'm hurting this much after losing my grandpa mm -hmm. i can't imagine what she's going through mm, absolutely and, and he was like okay 
I support you in whatever you decide to do. Right. And so that was that was a huge affirmation for me. And seeing how much his family cared. His actually his mom was the one that pushed me to um I don't even know if she remembers telling me this, but Lisa we Kelly? took a, we took a walk together with his little sister. And it was I intentionally picked a day where John wasn't there. I was like, I need I need to talk to you guys. And there was like, do you want John to be here? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> and after after, you know, sharing a lot of the past hurts with them, Lisa hugged me and said, Annie, have you considered talking with a priest rather than a psychologist mm. or even a counselor? Yeah. It's like, I think, I think your soul needs the healing. And in that moment was when she said, why don't you reach out to Father Joe? Father Joe Kim. Joe Kim at Holy Spirit. Back when he was at Holy Spirit, I'm assuming. No, actually, he was the vocations director. Oh, and okay. he was... Um, he was a chaplain, part-time chaplain at the Newman Center. Mm-hmm. And so um, and so I reached out to him. And that's where a lot of the healing began. That's so, awesome. And to have, you know, John supported me through that journey as painful and and tough. Mm. It was it was just it was another, you know, big affirmation for me knowing that he's there praying for me and and supporting me through my what felt like a dark time. Wow. And even after, you know, hurtful things that I said, like, why would you invite me to pray the rosary mm-hmm. when, you know, it hurts me so much? Um, he's, he's still around. He's like, yeah. well, I'm praying for you, hoping this will pass, and wow, we'll work through it. That's amazing. It's beautiful. You guys are amazing. And we're just so happy for you guys. And c- congratulations once yeah, again. Congrats again. You inspire us. You guys, as individuals, I think individually, you are both unbelievably strong and so faith-filled. Amen. And it's a beautiful thing to witness two such faith-filled people come together yeah. to create a bond, a union that is even stronger and will bring even more people to Christ. It's It's a beautiful thing guys is there is there anything (laughs) what's one thing that you're excited about married life hashtag married life hashtag goals hashtag catholic things (laughs) i don't don't think anyone has ever asked me that um do you have a wedding hashtag no i'm i'm not a big fan of it (laughs) (laughs) sorry no no it's okay get out of here (laughs) i think it comes from just me feeling like I wake up in the morning. The first thing I open up is Facebook when, mm. you know, oh, I should be praying yeah. or, you know, I can check in on what's going on around the world. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it took up so much of my time that I was like, I don't know if I want to encourage it being yeah. like, or even if, you know, people are there on the day of our wedding, I just, I would hate for them to not experience the moment with us. Instead, be on their phones. Yeah. True. At everyone going to their wedding, stay off your phone. Oh, don't worry. We got the whole script planned for. Oh, <laughs> yo, my brother did that actually yeah? at his wedding. He had a no phone ceremony, and wow. I was only allowed to take film photos. Um, wow, that's oh, crazy. So much pressure. How'd the photos turn out? 
uh good i i I struggled i struggled for sure and i was like i'm gonna try i have to do it youth ministry style you know basket put your phones in here (laughs) take your phone you'll get them after this ceremony um no i i think you guys have a beautiful union a beautiful Mm -hmm. partnership and um congrats thanks guys Congratulations. so we are nearly out of time but of course we have our beloved segment 200 deep Deep questions questions. Uh, (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) kevin and i are just like we're just you know we're having fun um we do things on this podcast (laughs) so 200 deep questions you pick a number between one and 200 and we ask you the deep question give us a number annie Let's do 11. Ooh. What is a relationship deal breaker for you? Oh. (laughs) I feel like she definitely (laughs) just thought thought out my list. (laughs) (laughs) She definitely immediately thought of like five things. (laughs) Um, Well, one of the things that I also that affirmed this relationship was his, his wanting to develop his own relationship with Christ. Mm. right so i think for me a deal breaker would be a non-catholic oh the faith basically and and i think growing up in the culture too we strongly believe that um the more differences you have the harder it is going to be to get through the marriage but maybe it could just be something not true but but I, i am a strong believer in and just seeing how beautiful my grandparents' relationship oh, definitely. was. It's just, I want something like that. Amen. And I think putting Christ and God in the middle of your of your relationship can just work wonders. And it's not work yeah. wonders, but will take you that extra level, extra step. Do you know what I'm talking about? Absolutely. I think, I'm just, I'm trying to imagine, like, can you imagine, I mean, I, I almost feel bad saying this because if there's a listener who, who is in a relationship like this, like, I, I feel bad like I'm not trying to talk ill of it but I can't imagine being in a relationship with someone and not being able to pray with them mm. I think that is such an intimate part of our own faith lives but to share that with another um, is something unbelievably precious and sacred and to come together to to worship Christ to to turn to Christ in times of need mm-hmm. uh, together I think there is such power in that when you're feeling Amen. weak and, and struggling that to come together and ask the Lord to be with you yeah. that that's that's how you heal and that's how you come to and, and become stronger yeah. through that and it brings you to a whole new level of love once you yeah. put Christ in the middle just like it's not just you it's know, not just like uh, oh like I'm gonna love you and, and, and care about you and like it's only you and only me it becomes it elevates it, it elevates it's, it, it's a selfless love yeah. right it's it's agape, it's right? agape. is that the right yeah, yeah. it is oh. Ooh, she got them she got some catholic words <laughs> <laughs> well thank you so much annie for for being on mdd with us um it has been such an honor uh, and blessing to to hear your story and hear your witness and to just see how christ has moved in your life throughout your entire life and through the people in your life um, especially, especially through your grandfather. I think I've always, I've heard this. I heard this around when my, when my grandmother passed away is that, um, we are all, 
walking, living memorials of those that have passed. Amen. The way beautiful. One more time for the people in the back. (laughs) We are all walking, living memorials of those who have passed. Wow. And what I mean by that is that the way you live your life, who you are, people know your grandfather by knowing you. Amen. And so I feel blessed to have known just a glimpse of who your grandfather is by knowing you, Annie. And if he is just an ounce of who you are, and I know that he was more than that, I know that he was an amazing person and that he is very, very proud of you. Um, so thank you. Stop. Thank you, <laughs> thank you for sharing his story, your story um, with us. Thanks. It's, it's well, I appreciate you guys making this possible for not just me, but for everybody else. Of course. Thank you. Yeah, I was gonna thank her, but I'm like, I can't thank her after that's that's a good that's enough. (laughs) No, thank you. Thank Thank you you. so much, Annie. So we do not have a listener testimony this week, but if you would like to submit your testimony, your story about how God is moving your life, how the spirit is moving in your heart, you can do so at the link in our bio on our Instagram. Uh, we'd love to hear how God is moving mountains in your life. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. This has been Modern Day Disciples. Make sure to like and subscribe. You can follow us on Instagram at MDD Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter at MDD Pod. Happy Sunday. And get your booty to church. Bye. Oh, hi, guys. Again. We're here. Is this getting old to you? I feel very loved, though. Oh, I feel loved. Your love. We love you. Everyone's listening is loved. Yes. It's 631 and you are loved. Bye. Bye.